You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor George Willis, which is from the sermon series, Who is Jesus? For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Hey, I want to welcome you to Creekside Church, whether you are a first time, a third time, a fifth timer, maybe you're a monthly attender, a regular attender, a weekly attender, or if you're joining us online, uh, we are honored that you are here today on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, before I get into the message real quick, I want to speak on something that is very near and dear to my heart. It is... Um, it's our annual spring swing golf tournament. That's it. <laughs> it's happening May 14th. And listen, how many golfers do we have in the house? Come on. How many aspiring, I wish I was a golfer, do we have in our house? Uh, okay. May 14th, a couple of things we changed for this year if you participated in years past. Number one, we're starting at 7 a.m. And I'll tell you why. Now, some of you may be like, Dude, that, that's a Saturday morning. 7 a.m. is early. It is, but uh, we get a shotgun start at 7 a.m. and we'll be done around noon and you'll get the rest of your Saturday. Because in years past, it's taken all day. The second thing is, starting at 7 a.m. with the shotgun start, we get to end our rounds together and we get to have lunch together at the course or across the street at the park. And best of all, lunch, I believe, are tacos. I must be the only one who likes tacos. Okay. We have tacos. We have prizes. It's May 14th, 7 a.m. You can sign up today. Um, Also, like Pastor Aaron said, uh, we all know how just uh, how impactful our thoughts can be in our life. Perhaps you heard the famous quote that talks about whatever paths are thought takes us will eventually become our character. And that's huge. Our thoughts clearly have a lot of power, don't they? I think a lot of us know that, you know, whatever we think, we sometimes become. But what happens when those thoughts are negative? Has anybody ever had a negative thought? And unhealthy thinking keeps us in a prison of of our own making. I want to invite you to our new series uh, as we learn together what it means to take our thoughts captive, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 5, and as we win the war in our mind. Some of the greatest battles we fought are in or fight are in our own mind. And uh, best of all, you'll be able to join a Creekside group starting in May where we've created specific discussions for you guys Each week, based on the series, and this small group will support you as you begin to put into practice some of the key tools that we'll learn and need from God's word to change the way we think so that you can start changing your life. So Creekside groups, here's what we believe. Creekside community, community relationships happen in circles, not rows. And someone yesterday said, and at tables, which is true because a table is a round circle. Okay. So I want to encourage you to jump in today. 
Um, if you have questions or if you need any guidance, please see our guest services team. They're amazing people. Uh, it is our desire to make you feel very, very welcome, whether in person or online. And if you are online and you are in-house, I want you to join with me as we celebrate that the tomb is empty and that the stone has been rolled away. Because our Lord is risen, and guess what? That changes everything. Say everything. everything. It's all about Jesus. Who is it all about? Jesus. Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, Happy Easter. Today, we're going to be continuing our message series based on the seven I am statements where we're asking the question exactly, who is Jesus? And the good news is we're allowing Jesus to answer those himself. And we've been looking into four of the seven I am statements in the gospel of John. Now, what is an I am statement? It's when Jesus said, I am the vine. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the door, the gate. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Today, the I am statement that is the very reason we are here and we're celebrating today. It's found in John chapter 11, verse 25. It says this, I am, read it with me, the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Resurrection. It's just a big fancy Christianese word. You know what it means? When dead things come back to life. When dead things, things that are dead, come back to life. And today we're going to look at an amazing story. An amazing story when Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, please understand, he said this in a much broader context. And he said this about a guy named Lazarus. Who are we talking about today? Lazarus. And who was Lazarus? He was a dude that died and came back to life. Today, we'll journey through that story, and we're going to look at three different ways that many of us hit a dead end. Say dead end hit a dead end on the inside. We kind of die a little bit on the, uh, the inside. And we're going to see how the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus brings what is dead back to life. Say resurrection. resurrection. All right, we're all together. John 11.1 1 is where we're going to begin. It says this, now a man named Lazarus was sick, not just a little ill. He was super sick, really sick. And he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. In verse 3, it says, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is sick. Now, that's bad news in the middle of their life. The one that Jesus loves is sick. I think, unfortunately, lots of people celebrating great, you're celebrating great things in your life. And there are a lot of people that are hurting right now. They're hurting right now that have heard similar news to that. Some of you just heard the one that you really love is sick. There's a family member that's not doing so well and we don't think they're going to make it. 
Maybe some of you watching online, you just got the news. The job that you love is going away. Or some of us, maybe the marriage that you dreamed of is turning into a nightmare. Close friend, their life is coming to, the, coming to an end. Maybe if you're a parent, the principal calls you and they want, you to, they want to meet with you because your teenager made a really poor decision. Bad news always hits us. The boss calls you in, they let you go. Or maybe if you're like me, January 1st, 2020 hit. I thought everything was going well. My birthday was on January 8th and I get a call from my uncle the next day. I just got back from spending a week with my grandmother down south. And he said, hey George, not to worry. You don't have to do anything, but we've taken your grandmother to the hospital. Just getting some things checked out. I'm like, okay, don't need, no, don't need to come down. Everything's good. Less than 48 hours later, my mom calls me. You better get down here. And you better get down here quick because your grandma's not doing so well. So my wife and I hung up the phone got in the car, and we drove to Palm Desert in record time. I didn't know what to expect. My uncle just told me that everything's good. No need to come down. Grandma doesn't want anybody coming down, not making a big deal about it. That's just the way she was. But when my mom called, and she said, I don't care what she wants, and I don't care what other people, you get down here and see your grandmother. We got down there and we found out it was her last 24 hours. She was terminal. And, 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 and when, you, when you come into a room in the presence of a lady who loved you unconditionally, who you just sought the world, who was a matriarch of your family, and there she lays, what do you say? What do you do? Listen, I thank God we all got to be there. And all we did was just sit there and pray with my gram. Pray with her, loved on her, hugged her, and kissed her. And that was the last night we saw her. What, what do you do when someone you love is sick? Most of us can relate. Now, I mean, in the middle of this, Jesus is saying something. You know, you can, you can imagine the pain. We've all, we can relate to it. And in the middle of this, Jesus is saying something that's amazing. He's saying this in verse 4. When he, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for, the, it's for God's glory. So that God's son may be glorified through it. And this very thing that you would never, ever want to happen, God is going to bring glory to himself through the worst news you can ever hear. Now, we're going to come back to that verse in a second. But first, I'm going to give you a quick summary of verses 5 through 14. 
you know, they thought Jesus would uh, jump on the scene to help the one that he loved who was sick. He thought, they thought he would be there in a minute, but he didn't. You know what? He waited two days to show up. Two days. He's hanging out. And you know what they're doing? They're freaking out. Two days later, Jesus says, hey, why don't we go on back to Judea? And the disciples say, what do you mean go back to Judea? That's where the Jews tried to kill you. Why do you want to go back? He says, Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. Now, listen, he, he didn't, not tired. He wasn't taking a nap. Lazarus was dead. He was dead. And Jesus is saying, I need to go raise him from the dead. And this morning, I want to look at three different people in this story. First, I'm going to look at Thomas, a disciple of Jesus, Martha, who, and, and her sister Mary. Those are the three people we're going to look at this morning. And I want to look at three different ways that they were hitting a dead end in life. A dead end in life. They were kind of dying on it. Perhaps some of you today, right now, online and in-house, perhaps some of you today will be able to relate to what they are going through. Maybe now or maybe at some point or another time in your life. Maybe, maybe you hit a dead end in your life. Some of you can relate to Thomas. You've hit the dead end of doubt. You've hit the dead end of doubt. I mean, Thomas, he was known as, if you've been in Sunday school at any point in your life, he was known as Doubting Thomas, right? We're pretty familiar with him. It says in verse 16, then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, and he's being sarcastic here. He's being sarcastic. Oh yeah, let us go, that we may die with them too. Sure, Jesus, let's head back there. Good idea, He had his doubts. In other words, this is never going to turn out good at all. What are you thinking? Now, I'm curious on Easter Sunday, how many of us would be absolutely honest with ourselves to say, you know what? Listen, I do. I have, I have my spiritual doubts. I mean, how, let's go ahead and raise your hand. If you're kind, I have, if we're being real and honest, we have all had our spiritual doubts. For those who are not raising your hand, go ahead and continue to fluff your angel wings and sit pretty. There's no angel wings in heaven. Nobody, <laughs> we don't get wings. Everyone I know who has prayed prayers, prayed and prayed and prayed with nothing happened, with nothing happening, boom, what happens? Doubt. Right? You grew up in church, you went to Sunday school, you go off to college, your professor says everything that you've heard, that stuff really didn't happen. What happens? You begin to doubt your faith because he's smarter than you. He knows better than you. You really believed in God and something really bad happened to one, someone you loved and you say, if God is so good, why did he let this happen? 
If he's all powerful, why didn't he stop my grandmother's cancer? Doubt. Suddenly you're like Thomas. You hit a dead end. Something on the inside. It begins to die. And it's caused by doubt. Maybe some of you are more like Mary. You're not dead. You haven't hit the dead end of doubt, but you've hit the dead end of discouragement. You don't see anything good happening and you just can't seem to catch a break. It's one discouraging thing after another. And Mary was very, very discouraged. And we see this in verse 20 when she said, uh, when, or when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary did what? She stayed at home. Why bother? What's the point? Why am I going to go out there? He's already dead. What's he going to do? He's late. He didn't show up when I needed him to show up. That may be honestly where some of us are today. We've hit this dead end of doubt. You feel like you can't change anything. Nothing's changing. Nothing's getting better. I'll, I'll, I'll always be depressed. I'll always be depressed. I'll never be good at marriage. I always will fail as a parent. No one really loves me. I'm always going to be in a dead-end job. The dream I had in my youth is now dead. Has anybody ever sang that song? I'm just kind of stuck at a dead end of discouragement. That may be where some of us are right now, today. I mean, the reality is you're not going to show it. You're not going to show it at all because, hey, it's Easter. We put on our Sunday's best, right? And we talk the talk. Hey, he's risen, brother. Everything on the outside looks good. It's like an Instagram filter. You're smiling on the outside, but the inside, you're really, really dealing with some significant discouragement. For just being honest, that's where some of us are today. Some of us are hit the dead end of doubt. Some of us hit the dead end of discouragement. Martha, though, the third person in our story, she hit the dead end of delay. Martha, you know, yeah, hey, you took too long. You took too long, Jesus. You should have been here on time. My time. Why? We see it here in verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. How many days? Why is that significant? Because there was common, super, uh, common superstitious belief that a spirit would hang around the body for three days. Just in case. And at four days, they were dead. Three days mostly dead, four days dead. Verse 21 said, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Man, you can only imagine the, the frustration and the, the emotion. You took too long. Some of you are there right now. 
And you can relate. You hit the dead end of delay, waiting on some answered prayer that you've been praying for and praying for and praying for, and nothing is happening. Maybe you're a young Christ follower who wants to marry, and you feel like you'll never marry, and you're feeling the impact of hitting the dead end of delay. Maybe you're praying, you're a couple, you're praying for a baby. You've been trying and trying and trying to have a child, and you're praying and praying and praying and asking God, while everyone around you is having like, you know, uh, twins and triplets and quadruplets, and you're like, what's up with that? Maybe you're pray, praying for a healing and it's not happening or you're praying for a, a job. Maybe you're praying for some income. You know, and it seems like the only answered prayer we're getting is the prayer for patience. But what do we do? You pray and 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 it seems like God just isn't doing anything and you feel like you hit the dead end of a delay. And if that's you, please know this, and I hope this will speak to you as much as it spoke to me at a point in time in my life where I needed to hear it. God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. Just because God hasn't done something yet doesn't mean that God is not still in charge and has a plan that he may be glorified in the future through the very thing going on today that you never would want to happen. You know what's interesting? I don't know how it is in your Bible. But in my Bible, I read John 11. Everything bad happens on this page. Everything negative happens on this page. Lazarus dies. Tom freaks out. Mary is depressed. Martha is mad. But then I turn the page. I turn the page and everything changes. Everything changes. Just turn the page. And we see Martha acknowledge that Jesus was exactly who he said he was. He says this in John eleven twenty two. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Even now, even though you are dead in your doubts, even though you will hit the dead end of discouragement, even though you hit the dead end of delay, even now God will give you whatever you ask. Some of you in this room and online need an even now moment. Even now, even now you are stuck and it's time to turn the page. Turn the page and let some of that even now faith come alive. Even now. And believe that even now all things are possible with God. All things are possible. Some of you need an even now moment. Somebody say even now. Come on. Say even now. Loneliness. Even now. He could be your comforter. Confusion, even now, he can be your peace. 
financially. Even now, he can be your provider. Broken family, even now, God puts pieces back together. Even now, you made a mistake. Even now, he gives you life, a life that matters. Even now, you're cold and callous towards God. Even now, God can soften your heart. He may be feeling dead inside. Even now, he can bring it back to life. That's exactly what Jesus did in verse 23. Jesus said, Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, and I don't know if you guys understand the power in this statement. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And I love this question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Listen, it's not just what he does. Jesus didn't say, listen, hey, listen, Marla, you know why this is going to happen? Because I'm able to resurrect. I just got that cool, awesome power. He didn't say, hey, uh, let, me, let me give it a shot. I'll try. Let's see what happens. I'll, I'll, I'll take it for a test drive and see if this works out. He didn't say that. Listen, he said, I am the resurrection. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. It's not an event. The resurrection is not an event. It's not a cool story. It's a person. The resurrection is a person. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. He brings dead things back to life. When, when dead things come to life, when Jesus walks into the room, Things that are dead come back to life. Dead things come to life when the resurrection walks in the room. I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down, but that would be a really good opportunity to give him like a 10-second praise break right now. For he is the resurrection. <laughs> Jesus told them, listen to this. Jesus told them, take away the stone. Take away the stone. In John 11, when he had said this, Jesus called out, into a loud, uh, called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hand, his feet, that were wrapped with strips of linen, and a cloth was around his face. And Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now I want to quickly contrast a couple of stories here we see Lazarus is dead in the tomb, and Jesus tells the disciples to take away the stone. But then we see on Easter Sunday, Jesus in the tomb, and the women, they go to the tomb, and guess what? The stone is already rolled away. Some of you have taken up residence at the corner of dead end and death. You've lost faith. You've lost hope. Maybe you're dying a little bit on the inside. Maybe you're, you hit the dead end of delay or dead end of discouragement or doubt. You feel trapped in a tomb 
and you feel like you aren't strong enough to move the stone away. But this Easter, I'm here to tell somebody, I want, to rem- I want you to remember that Jesus has already moved the stone. Jesus has already rolled it away. And all we have to do is simply walk out of it. Just step out. The way is open. He's made the way. That same voice that called Lazarus out of the grave is calling you out of your doubt, out of your discouragement, out of your frustration with delay, out of your lack of hope, out of your, you fill in the blank. Just turn the page. Listen, the resurrection is not what he does. It's who he is. Jesus on the cross on Friday. But listen, Sunday's coming. Sunday's here. Turn the page so that God can be glorified. And I get it. I understand. Some of us are still stuck. We're still stuck. We're still stuck. But one touch from God can transform your life. One touch from the resurrection can transform your life. Turning the page doesn't mean everything is healed and everything's awesome and, you know, life's going to be easy. It simply means that God will be glorified. That's what it means. God will be glorified. I'm going to echo the words of Jesus. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? I mean, the truth is, you have to to some degree or you wouldn't be here today. Do you believe this? Turn the page. Turn the page. Stop being stuck and turn the page. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here. They must have been so enthralled in the message. (laughs) We're going to have an opportunity to turn the page today. Whatever area of your life that you're feeling like you've hit a dead end, in, it's time to turn the page. Say, turn the page. page. It's time to turn the page. Everything negative that happened on this side of my life, I'm going to turn the page because the resurrection happens here. The person of Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Here's what I'd like us to do. Um, I'm going to give us an opportunity to consider what Jesus has done on this very day. When Jesus ultimately put to death, death. And we're able to have new life because of it. Some of us online and in-house, we need to simply turn the page. And that's what I want you to consider. Maybe for some, it's not that you hit a dead end 
into delay or discouragement or doubt. Maybe for some, you're struggling with a lost hope, a lost dream. Maybe your marriage is hitting a rough patch. Maybe you're not quite sure where your next paycheck is coming from. I don't know where you are, but God absolutely does. And maybe today it's time for you to turn the page and give that area of your life to the resurrection and let that area that once seemed dead be made new and come alive again. Turn the page. Maybe for some of us it's not that. Maybe for some of us it's we just need to recommit our life to Christ. You've disconnected from him. You've walked. God doesn't move. We do. Maybe it's time for you to turn around and say, I'm going to turn the page and I'm turning back to him. And if that's you, or if you're, you're someone who wants to start a relationship with Jesus today, no better time than now. If that's you, all you have to do is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 10, 9, where he says, if you do openly declare, if we confess with our mouth, if we say this out loud, that Jesus is Lord and we believe it in our heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's by openly confessing, openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Like I said earlier, I think all of us in this room, those watching online, believe it to some degree or we wouldn't be here. Maybe it's time to jump all in. And take this relationship with Christ seriously. Let's make it a regular thing, not a twice a year thing. All you have to do is confess in your own words. In your own words. And the other thing I want you to consider is something that we get to celebrate today. And there's no better day than Resurrection Sunday to to celebrate baptisms. And in a moment, the band's going to play, and you're going to have an opportunity to consider. And here's what I want us to do, a couple of things. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, you got to tell somebody. Go to guest services, find one of our amazing team members, and let them know, I accepted Christ. We have a packet for you because this journey, uh, we want to equip you for this journey, and we don't want you to walk this journey alone. We want to come alongside you and help you. The second thing is, if you accepted or renewed your relationship with Christ today, you have every opportunity to be baptized today. You don't have to wait. There's nothing you have to clean up because Jesus Christ did it the moment you accepted him into your life. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. You don't have to get stuff in order. We actually have dry clothes for people that are wanting and willing and that that want to do it today. We have towels, sweats, shirts, everything you'll need to be baptized today. You don't have to wait. We do have a number of people that have pre-signed up to be baptized, and the rest of us 
we're going to stand, we're going to celebrate, and we're going to cheer them on as they make one of the biggest decisions on one of the biggest days of their life to identify themselves with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So consider that today. Consider that. Consider that. And let's celebrate the new life we have in Christ.